What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Postgame. I'm Jude. That's Ethan. We're here to talk some Spurs with you tonight. And Ethan, you know, when I got on the restream room before we got on air, I was just I told you, I was like, well, this is just like a, a, another night watching Spurs basketball it was a little bit different than how the other games have been going, but inevitably turns out to have the same ending uh, with just the Spurs staying competitive for most of it and and then falling off there in the fourth quarter. There was about a 14 point run that the Bulls made um, about mid, uh, the eight minute mark, I want to say, is where it started really pulled away. If you just look at the numbers from quarter to quarter. You know, it was a pretty tight one, even going into the fourth. The Bulls did make a little bit of the run there at the end to win the third quarter, 28 to 26, but was still only a five point game, I believe 100 to 95 or 95 to 90, one of those two. Um, but then in the fourth quarter, the Bulls started how they finished playing even better defense, uh, 38 to 19. They won the fourth quarter to run away with this one to get a 128 to 104 lead. They started out 39 to 28. The Spurs bounced back with the 31 to 23 second quarter. And then I already told you how the second half went. And um, yeah, really just uh, there were some bench guys that didn't have their best game tonight. Zach had a little bit of an off game. Um, Doug didn't shoot that great. Um, but I don't really think that was necessarily the reason that the Spurs lost. You could say that for Jay Rich as well. Um, it was just once again, you know, we're, we're running uh, a lot of Blake Wesley off the bench right now. Um, Isaiah Roby got 15 minutes tonight as well. So we're running those two guys in our rotation when normally those guys wouldn't play uh, if we didn't have the injuries we have right now. Um, and then on top of that, when you talk about, you know, the loss of Sohan defensively, and with, you know, how, how solid he was playing before he went out. Um, while it was nice to see how they competed and it was endearing because of the injuries and it was kind of unexpected, uh, it, it ended up having the same um, <laughs> the same result regardless of that, Ethan, if that whole spiel makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, it felt like the lottery odds, the lottery gods were like, you guys have played well tonight, but we're going to give you that loss that we know you want, <laughs> you know, at heart. Greater uh, good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The first quarter was all Chicago. It felt like we were getting good looks. They just weren't falling. And then the second and third quarter, it felt like the Spurs had all the momentum. I mean, you basically said it. We, our, our shots started to fall. We had a lot more cohesion. The ball movement was crisp. Uh, Stanley Johnson was kind of our backup, along with Josh Richardson and Malachi. But he had a lot more facilitating duties. It felt like had a, a very good game passing the ball. Had a couple of hockey assists leading to yeah. some great action. He only took one shot tonight because of that. But he was very effective, I felt. Uh, Malachi looked very comfortable. We texted back and forth about it. It looks very confident. I know he went six for 18, not the most efficient game in the world, but every shot felt like a good shot, at least until like the, maybe the very end of the game when we were kind of chucking up shots. Uh, but for the most part, I was very pleased with how he played. Keldon had I 21 agree. points, eight for 12, missed both of his threes two rebounds, two assists, not crazy numbers, but it felt like to me he really was pivotal as far as kind of getting that momentum in that second and Absolutely. third quarter, finishing amongst the trees, kicking out, being aggressive, exactly what we're looking for from Keldon. Mm -hmm. So I really don't have any complaints from him. But what this loss boils down to, to me, Jude, is defensively we continue to struggle. Can't stay in front of every, anybody. Um, closing out too hard on guys that aren't shooters, not closing out on guys that are shooters. Um, and that just leads to, you know, our our defense breaking down so easily. Yeah, and mm -hmm. Chicago's big three was not Vooch, Levine, and DeRozan. I know statistically maybe it was, but tonight it felt like to me no, it was statistically. Io. It was I, Io, Andre, and uh, Kobe White. 
at least well, in my eyes. Andre Drummond on on the stats tonight, nine for nine with 21, 15, three steals and a block. So he did. He was yeah, the big was three on guy. the stat sheet too. But I, I O and Kobe White, I felt played a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. I can't believe they only had, I think, three steals total uh, divided amongst themselves because it felt like they were really getting after our guards, especially Blake and um, Malachi, really getting up inside of us, get, forcing a lot of turnovers and getting out in transition. Um, I did a solid job on Blake. I noticed that too. We had six more turnovers than they did. Obviously, that led to more points. Um, they also out-rebounded us by 11. A lot of that probably because of Andre Drummond just ragdolling both of our centers. Right. Um, but it was, you're right. It was competitive for three quarters when then they just took off in that fourth quarter and we had no chance. How many times have we seen that this year? You know, it it feels like it (laughs) every game at 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 some point in the game, every game, we just completely give the other team all the momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Talking about some other things just from tonight, playing off some of the stuff that, that you just talked about, obviously Andre Drummond really just, I mean, not only just in the fourth quarter, whenever they were pulling away, did, you know, him catching like three straight lobs just, you know, yeah. add to the energy oh. in the building. But even before four. that, dude, he was pushing Jakob around like and yeah. Jakob kind of just gave up after a certain point. Like, I'm not even trying. Yeah. I'm not even blaming Jakob for that, considering the circumstances, because that mm-hmm. really didn't only happen until the fourth quarter. But it was like they had battled a little bit earlier. And then not only did you have the insult, like you had the the injury with the dunks, right? And then mm-hmm. you had the insult with Drummond calling him like too small, like multiple times. Um, it was just that that was something. I mean, that was his best game as a bull. I had the Chicago broadcast. They were talking about that. Um, I don't think this is his highest scoring game as a bull. And I want to say this is his highest scoring rebounding game as a bull too, or highest rebounding game. Um, yeah. We made him look like Detroit Drummond. <laughs> when yep. he got that big contract. Uh, so we got a little bit of a nostalgia there. Um, and he really took over in that fourth quarter, plus 30 overall. That's nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vucevic. I felt like we played pretty good defense on him Yeah, in the first half. Uh, but then it was like, you know, third quarter, he's making some buckets. And the next thing you know, he has 20 and 10. So, <laughs> you know, typical there too. Um, I think we did a good job on DeRozan too. Eight for K- 17. Kata did. Yeah, Kata did. Yeah, there were some... You can give some other thoughts on that as well. Um, 8 for 17 overall. I I don't know. Kind of just looking down the stat sheet, there really isn't too much else to say. I'm kind of realizing while I'm talking about it, for at least on the Bulls' perspective. Um, just talking about the Spurs a little bit more, I know I mentioned Zach had a bad game. I, th- it wasn't that... It wasn't anything he did. He played the same as he always does. He just didn't execute as well shooting-wise. Um so that's really all I'd have to say about Zach's performance. I don't think that's anything like we should get super worried about on top of, you know, kind of getting big bodied by Drummond and, uh, and Vucevic as well. Um, talking about Malachi also, like if you just took out, you know, the stat sheet, like at the end of the game where you're like, Oh, this is kind of an inefficient number numbers wise. If you just watched the game, he played a solid game. He just missed some shots tonight. Like, mm-hmm. but really he's, you know, 
Oh, considering he's had like two back-to-back 20-point games recently, you know, he was going to have a game where the shots were just going to not, he wasn't going to be super efficient. He had had a stretch of doing it for so long. Like that's just going to happen every once in a while. Um, Like that he had five boards tonight. I think that's a career high. I know that's not super significant, but I noticed visibly watching the game that he was more active on the boards. Um, Mm -hmm. Had four assists tonight as well. That's another thing I, I noticed just tonight. Um, there were it was sparingly, you know, and he actually got the most minutes on the team tonight with 32. But in the moments where he was taking the ball up the floor, um, not only did he have four assists, but I've really like I really like Malachi as a combo guard like that. That skill set has also developed, you know, with his off ball shooting and being able to drive to the rim a little bit as well. Um, but I, I think that he, he really is is that ideal combo guard like he's a two. Don't get me wrong. But um, I, I like his ability just taking the ball up the floor. He has a better like whenever we had that super young lineup out there, he was the guy primarily taking the ball down the floor because he knows the offense the most. Um, yeah. So I like to just see that development there. Um, that's good stuff that we saw tonight. Um, and then just talking about Keldon a little bit, you know, I know obviously not super active on the boards tonight, didn't really facilitate as well, but he was really just supposed to be a scorer and pop took him out early because we're trying to give the young guys run in a game that was once out of reach. So only 29 minutes for him tonight did miss his two wide open threes, but you know, still good shots that he took and found a way to get 20 on efficient scoring. He had eight of the Spurs opening 13 points. Um, and then was a catalyst in, in that third quarter as well uh, to keep it competitive um, when we started off hot there too. Um, but that's really all I got to say about this one, Ethan. Not really too much other than it was kind of just a backward script where instead of the Spurs starting out competitive, they kind of got blown out and then had to come back in it. The second half was still the same competitive third quarter and then get blown out in the fourth. <laughs> mm, yeah, <laughs> the exact parallel of what we're used to, but still the same outcome. Um, I was going to say one positive to take from this game shot 94.1% from the free throw line. We only missed one free throw <laughs> and go. that was from Yaka Pertle. Everyone else shot perfect. Uh, 16 mm-hmm. for 17. Just a comment here. Laura Latin says, I'm starting to think the next two years will not be much different. I don't see how we can just all of a sudden click and magic happens. Our defense is so bad. Mm. that's an interesting perspective um i think one i I would say that the draft pick regardless of where it is will help um even if it gets like real rough and we get dropped down to like the lower top 10 we saw what we could do with jeremy this year so i think we'll still get somebody quality that will and just another year of development from from devin and keldon that's the other key thing that just to remember throughout this whole stretch where we've been competitive and losing a lot is devin's out too so how many of those games, if he's playing, do we win? But that's also a good thing, you know, when it comes to lottery odds. So it's like those that's kind of something that, you know, people might forget when they're yeah. thinking about this. But I also see what you're saying. Like, it's going to take time to build like it, it maybe, you know, obviously, if you get Wembenyama, you have a lot of high hopes. But like, right. The next year, the Spurs may not have any chance of making the playoffs like they might. They still might not be where they need to be yet. Um, but I, I would say the year after I'd have a lot of optimism, but, but I can totally see, um, you know, the thought there because the defense really does need a bunch of improvement. But I think when you kind of factor in a lot of the things going on this year, 
not only with just like just the state of the team like we talked about it before on so many other lives like where Doug is literally saying like on an in arena promo at the AT&T Center we understand there's a bigger purpose this year like I think you know if guys have a a little injury we're gonna let them stay out longer um you know with on top of all of the other injuries that we've just had, like I feel like there's just been so much turmoil in the rotations even this year that we've kind of had it's been hard to like have like a good evaluation of this team at full strength defensively. I think there's still definitely a lot of work that they've got to do. Um, but I'm not sure it, it's still kind of hard to evaluate. But I definitely think that that is a storyline that could bleed into next year and be the reason why the Spurs are in a similar position next season. If that answers her, her, her comment, <laughs> for sure, I think it does. Uh, I agree with what you're saying. We haven't really gotten a long stretch of games where we can truly see the defensive identity of this team with everyone playing with consistent rotations. Um, Sohan obviously brings a lot to that. Trey Jones brings a lot to that. Devin Vassell brings a lot to that. And a lot of it, they've been out for a considerable amount of games this season, especially Devin. Um, bring in a hopefully Wembenyama or a Scoot, depending on, or whoever we draft, doesn't right. matter. Um, Top next prospect. season, yeah. To me, it's very obvious that the goal of this this season, um, I'm not trying to be a, 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 a what's the, wear my tinfoil hat right. or whatever, <laughs> but it's very clear that we're trying to lose. The Spurs um, will never admit it, but it's so obvious. It's right. very clear with the way injuries kind of pop up as we start kind of getting some momentum <laughs> and, you know, guys are up and out of the G League and like it's, Devin it's, maybe doesn't even get this procedure if this is like if if this is a year where obviously we're pushing the for the playoff or something. Right. He, he may just play through it because they just said it was a chronically sore knee. But yeah. because of the state of this season, this is the exact season you want Devin to go get that and be out for however many months. Exactly. So I think next year is definitely going to be a struggle because still we'll probably still be in the lottery right. next year, no, not in the playoff chase. Um, but I think we'll have a better idea of who we are because I don't think we will take another year to to really tank. Like I think yeah. everyone will be playing. We're going to try and find that identity and see what we have. Um, yeah. Because like, is Blake Wesley going to work out next year? Right. He'll probably get consistent minutes. Same with Malachi and Sohan. Um, a lot of things that we'll be able to find out next year once everybody is healthy and ready to play um, in their consistent role. Yeah, and just kind of touching on that a little bit more. Another thing that kind of you know plays into the evaluations as well is development. And yeah. like players reaching their potential because, you know, if there's some crazy offseason jump in a specific category, like that could impact that as well. And even this year, like we've seen like kind of out of nowhere, Sohan turned the switch on and then the mm-hmm. defense was completely different because yeah. of his versatility and the way that he was playing. And also with him turning stuff on offensively, that opens up. I mean, he's hard to guard, you know, two ways and deal with two ways. So the point is, we're, as as these young players get more new skills um, and, and that keeps ta- getting tacked on every day, you know, under Brett Brown and Greg Popovich, that can also kind of impact things, which it's kind of a wild card, if that makes sense. And as much as I love the man, I think the absence of Doug McDermott <laughs> from next season's team, more than likely, right, um, will also improve things defensively, or that yep. it should. Yep. Our man Adrian C says we called off the stealth tank and transitioned yeah. to the blatant tank. For real. It's right. pretty obvious. <laughs> and, and since then, it's like what has happened during that time period? We've tied the rockets. Like, you know, like we're in, we have the largest odds. So uh that's that's what's happened for sure. Um 
Any other thoughts on this game, Ethan? I guess we can jump. Well, I guess the these minutes don't really matter, but but can we can talk about the young guys' minutes? We can talk about Don Barlow getting in there. Also against the the Sixers, we didn't really talk mm-hmm. much about that game as well. You were there. Um, I, I guess talk about that Sixers game, and then we can kind of just talk about like these young guys. Yeah, in terms of Don Barlow, um, I don't have too much to go on. He only played what <laughs> yeah. like total maybe. 10 to 12 minutes both games honestly uh, the sixers game was more of like an evaluation because they had to yeah. bring Embiid back in like you got more out of that one than you did this one he he looks aggressive he looks he looks good moving um laterally as well as you know being being a, a force on the interior uh, a, a much better perimeter defender than i expected just his first couple games in the nba right. he really sticks with guys pretty well um but but hasn't really had an opportunity to do much else. But I'm I'm still holding out. He doesn't have any blatant deficiencies at, in these twelve to fifteen minutes of play. Um, I felt Blake had a, had a pretty good bounce back game against Philly. Um, he had a one three, a couple shots. Um, he looked comfortable. He finally got into his rhythm a little bit more. Didn't make as many mistakes um, in limited time. And and yes, not 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 too much to go on, but. Definitely a lot better than what he was doing in the past couple games where he was really just a turnover machine and couldn't get anything going. Yeah. And in terms You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. So this game, I, I only had five points, but he had five boards, which is great, and five um, assists. I believe. I don't think it, no, he had one assist. Okay, read that he hit, wrong. He hit the one three <laughs> that he took. No, you're good. Oh yeah, it, definitely did. <laughs> uh, but I, I I felt like he had some some pretty good moments defensively, some good help defense moments. Um, a couple high IQ plays. I think early on he had like a um, a three on a three on one fast break where we got like I a long rebound about, and he that just tough immediately layup. pushed it. Yeah, yep. immediately pushed it. He knew I have four guys Use behind me. I'm taking He's it off. He's fast. He's, He's really very fast. quick. Yeah. Um, he had a couple turnovers, so clearly he's not a, a finished product. But um, <laughs> same in positive the uh, signs. in the Philadelphia game too. Yeah. That's the thing that has stuck with Blake since whether it's the G League or the the actual Spurs right now is the turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's really, but that's kind of like his archetype, though. Like it's yeah. it, it, like as we've compared him to Tony and and Dejounte throughout this season like we're not saying he's going to be him but he's very similar to them in the fact that he's a score force excuse me score first point guard right yeah even like he's we're he's going to be a point guard even though he is six five so he can definitely play the two we want to develop him as a point guard but he kind of came in as a score force first guy so then like a lot of times he just he'll drive to the rim you know, and then there's, you know, he's met with somebody like there's nothing there. He can't go up with it. It's either going to get blocked or he's going to get a charge. So then he's midair having to just try to make a decision and throw the ball somewhere. And a lot yeah. of times that ends up turning into a turnover mm-hmm. uh, for the Spurs. But I thought tonight was his best game since he's been back. Like since not I, I know he had a better one early in the season when we saw him. But I felt like since he's been back and, and getting like a lot of these minutes, um, 
consistent minutes. Really, I guess now that I think about it, only the Sixers game in this one, he's really got extended time. Um, but mm-hmm. less mistakes from him tonight. Um, still the stuff that we're going to see, like that's going to continue to happen. Just we have to keep giving him reps. Like yeah. we said with Malachi and Jeremy at the beginning of the year, and we've seen how they develop. Like Blake's got to go through that process. He's just starting in you know January, February. Um, yeah. But he's, you saw the skills. I mean, Doug even mentioned in a recent interview, like he said, Blake's one of the most talented players on the team. You know, he just kind of doesn't know what he's doing right now. Um, and he's figuring it out. And it felt like he had a little a little bit, it felt like he made, there's been a jump mentally. I know yeah. that's, I'm kind of exaggerating off of like just this one Bulls game. But tonight it really felt like he knew where he needed to go more. That doesn't mean the mistakes yeah. aren't still going to be there, but watching this one, it felt like he looked more comfortable. He's nowhere near as comfortable as where Malachi is, but mm. you can see like, okay, he he's, he, it felt like he caught on to some more things tonight. I think he's finally figuring out at this, at this point in his career, less is more as a ball right. handler. He doesn't have to make an incredible yep. play every single time. Um, one thing that I have noticed about his playmaking ability as a point guard, um, and I always compare it to just like, this is now the 2K generation of point guards <laughs> right. where where it's like um, every not every pass has to be for an assist. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So there's yeah. a lot of times where he gets the ball and coming off a pick and roll or a handoff, you know, he'll 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 have somebody open for an opportunity to create different action or swing the ball. But he doesn't take those first passes because he's looking for that wide open roller or that wide open weak side yeah. corner three. And they're not always there. So then he has to dribble it back out. And then it just takes up a lot of the time on the shot clock. And then now we're stuck in whatever, you know, he has to dump it off to to whoever, you know, or he picks up right. the ball. And that's where a lot of mistakes are a lot of turnovers because he's trying to force an assist when he should just move the rock. Maybe you'll get a hockey assist and then move the rock and cut. Because that's what right, Malachi's right, right. gotten very good at. Move the rock and cut. And he's improved as an off-ball player. Um, so Blake just needs to make that that small switch, and I think he'll be a lot better as far as a facilitator is concerned. Yeah, yeah. Just talking a little bit more about Blake, you saw it with that that fast break layup tonight. You know, I mentioned the elite speed, um, but I mean, he's got he's just got a burst off the dribble. Yeah, you know he that he's. I mean, like he. I feel like once he's developed, dude, like he has the potential to just be like a walking bucket, like a. I mean, he's going to be, I'm not trying to cap his ceiling here, but just as of right now, like what I'm thinking about, like that pops off my head is kind of like a bigger Emmanuel quickly. You know what I mean? Like they have that length, but he's going to be able to pull up kind of in the mid range and and get jumpers. Like if you go watch his Notre Dame highlights, like two, like you can just like, he's a scorer. And so, yeah, once he gets a handle on the ball and he's not getting pickpocketed in lanes when he's driving through people. This is like, you know, probably like some point next season. You know, it's going to be a while until this happens. Yeah. Um, but with just his natural ability and like skill and talent that he has, like I said, off the dribble drives like that, it's super explosive. Um, he's he's a, got a good jump shot. Yes, there's work. But the way that he's going to be able to shoot off the dribble as well as be a catch and shoot guy um and then on top of his potential or his ooh, excuse me his def- defensive potential um on top of or on top of his def- defensive potential and his length um mm-hmm. just a lot of intriguing stuff from Blake Wesley um for his, sure his ceiling is is very interesting because he's got a lot of talent for sure mm-hmm. 
Um, Laura says, I wish y'all had more content. You guys give good in-depth analysis. Rob Trejo used to have good stuff, but he kind of felt, I know Rob, Rob, shout out to Rob's version TV. He helped us out a lot, uh, early in the channel. And I know he's, he does, he's, he's got a, uh, he's a family a kid. man. Yeah, right. He's got a kid, everything. So that's that's probably why. Um, but shout out to him. Uh, MEZ says, I'm not worried one bit about Blake Wesley's mistakes. This is when you let him play through mistakes. This has to be one of the worst records. Who cares? Right. Yeah. Facts. No, I mean, you want yeah. him You want him to go out there and develop. Um, and, and it's great to see the more minutes. And the stuff that I was just talking about, you know, you want him to get those reps because he has the ability to eventually do those type of things. Um, yeah. But I guess we can check in to the next game here, Ethan, as we're just around Let's 25 minutes. Um, preview that and then hop on out of here. So Spurs got Toronto on Wednesday. We know what Ooh. happened at the beginning of the year in that one, Ethan. That's when I won't forget. 143 yeah. to 100. And that was after the Spurs started 5-2. and two, And that was the beginning of the tank, Ethan. It was mm-hmm. the reminder of who we are, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Dude, this, this game has a lot of um, interest in my eyes. Because it's one day before the deadline. And the two teams that have continued to be amongst these like random rumors have been the Raptors and the Spurs. Mm-hmm. So both teams could look drastically different like the day before this game. Like Fred Van Vliet could become a net. Jakob Pertle could become a who, whatever. So it, it could Wait. be completely different rosters by the time this game actually tips off. Is tomorrow the trade deadline? I'm no, so it's bad. the ninth. It's the ninth. Okay. It's the day okay. after the Raptors game. Okay. I see so I guess technically saying. it could be after the Raptors game, but in my, in my, you know, storyline oriented brain, I would think it'd be a lot cooler for like three hours before the game tips off. It's like Jakob Pertle's on the move. Doug McDermott's on the move. Fred Van Vliet's on the move and now these teams have to really figure it out and it's going to be sloppy basketball but that's what I want (laughs) right right we'll have to see it's going to be really interesting you know the Spurs could be involved in in a lot of deals obviously we had the Kyrie news but just because so that's a big domino but Mm -hmm. just because of the nature of the Spurs the amount of picks that they have and their their uh their cap space cap space yeah. um there's a lot of uh stuff a lot of different trades that the spurs could have their hands in so very interesting to watch um like we said before this uh the rodeo road trip started and, and even a little bit before then after the sacramento kings game doesn't look like the spurs are going to have a lot of wins here uh, in February, <laughs> maybe their only win that they get is, is this Friday against Detroit. So that's one mm. that you can definitely check out. Tune in Friday. Hopefully we get some guys back. Um, and that could be one that the Spurs get a win on. Uh, but other than that, it's probably going to be tough until the Rockets back to back at the start of March. Mm. Wonderful. Well, just some other comments here before we get out of here. Adrian asks, are you guys going to do any analysis on draft prospects? We definitely will. Um, that'll probably just be closer to the draft. It may even like not be until the season's done, but we definitely uh, are planning on doing that because this is a big year uh, for Spurs draft for sure. Uh, our man Million earlier said best coverage of Spurs basketball is the voice right here. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate I saw you, that man. earlier. Um, and then also MEZ says, I told y'all we should have tried to trade for Cam Thomas. I Unfortunately, I don't think the Spurs are going to like go after him. But I remember when you said that earlier in the yeah. year and e- me and Ethan definitely were, you know, we really liked it. I like him just because he's an LSU guy. Like, I mean, look, yeah. look, okay. I- I've made this argument before. I said he was better than Ben Simmons. Now I really feel like he's better than Ben Simmons. Dude, because he's gone for 45 and 47 on the yeah, same team crazy. as him. 
Right. So, and, and, and MEZ did say it when, when he wasn't getting any minutes. Absolutely. So credit to you there, my man, we heard it. So, um, yeah, uh, this is why probably the Nets also aren't that mad about the Kyrie trade. <laughs> got a star Nets, scoring guard right behind him, dude. They could continue to make moves, which is kind of crazy. I still like the Nets roster, like as it is right Especially now. Especially if Cam Thomas keeps playing like this, dude. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. They got three picks that they could potentially flip for Yaka Pertle. Uh, Doug right, Dermott. right. I don't right. know. Maybe, we'll maybe they should just give us Cam Thomas. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. <laughs> it's not going to happen. No. That's their future. If, Cam, if Kevin just We really should have. Play. We should have tried to swipe him before oh. he went off for 50 points in two plus games. Or if almost only. 100 points in, in two, only. two nights. Oh, Lord. All righty. Well, we appreciate you guys. We're going to be here. We will be here Wednesday, correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll be back Wednesday for the post game. So y'all stay tuned for all your Spurs news. Um, I should be putting out some more clips as well from the big live we did. Uh, I did one on the case for trading Jakob most recently. Uh, we did one on Charles Bassey and Dominic Barlow's potentials uh, as well. So y'all just stay tuned to the channel. We'll have stuff coming out. We appreciate y'all. And uh, if you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe below. Follow us on Twitter at SSPN on YT to watch at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero to stay updated. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one. We'll see y'all later.